Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to another episode of ASHTO Resource Q&A. Today is a Q&A episode of the podcast, and with us is our guest, Trudy Eckstein. Uh, Trudy is one of the senior quality analysts with the ASHTO Accreditation Program. She gets a lot of questions from customers and prospective customers, and I'm going to ask the most popular question that she probably ever gets and we're going to see how she does with the answer. Trudy, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, Brian. All right, Trudy. So here's your question. How long does it take to get my laboratory accredited? And my answer to laboratories is <laughs> it depends. Okay. Well, that's all the time <laughs> we have today. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, Kim, any follow-up questions? <laughs> I think I have a couple. I have a couple follow-up questions. So, Trudy, why does it depend or what does it depend on? Good questions, Kim. So, it totally depends on a few things, a lot of different variables. One, have you already had your assessment? Okay. So, if you've already had your assessment, that's going to expedite the process. If you haven't had your assessment, that's the first thing we need to line up, get your laboratory to have the assessment, get that report. And a lot of times I tell laboratories, it totally depends on the laboratory, how long this process is going to take. So if they're really anxious, they really want this accreditation, they're going to work quickly. And we're also going to work as quickly as possible with the laboratory to help them get that accreditation because we want them to succeed as well. It depends on how many findings are in their assessment report because that takes longer if they have a lot of findings in the report. Uh, we will work back and forth with them quickly if they know how to submit responses adequately with full information as well as supporting documentation, there's less back and forth between the laboratory and the quality analysts. So that will also expedite the process. The fastest turnaround I have ever seen in all my years here with Ashto Resource was two weeks. And I don't think we've ever beat that. And that is an extremely rare case. Most of the time, I would tell the laboratories it would take probably one to two months. And that is from the time they've had their assessment. If it's an out of sequence assessment, it may go a little bit faster because the uh, assessor may only have that report to work on. So it may get done pretty quickly. Um, if it's in the normal tour sequence, it takes a little longer, sometimes maybe 30 days to get that report out to the laboratory, but the laboratory can still start working on their findings so they can start gathering their documentation, ordering equipment, getting things calibrated but it totally really does depend on the laboratory and how well they're prepared for the assessment and to get started in the accreditation process. If they're out in right field and have no clue and don't ask questions, the whole process is going to take longer. Now, what if they're take, in left field, Trudy? If they're in left field, we want to bring them in. <laughs> we want to help them. I mean, we are available to discuss the whole process with them, to go over step by step with them, what they need to do so they can be ready they need to have a quality manual in place before we come and do your assessment. And that's usually the biggest problem for laboratories who are out in left field. They have no clue about a quality manual. Their company doesn't have one. What do they need to do? 
what are their resources? And we, we are here to help them with those resources, guide them into purchasing R18. So that helps them to know exactly what we're going to look at. And we do want to help them through the whole process. So Trudy, one of the other things, you kind of started a lot of this after they get their assessment report, but how much time could it take from either CCRL or ASHTO resource to get that assessment to be conducted in the first place? Well, one thing, it depends on the laboratory wants to get the assessment in the normal tour sequence. That is the most cost efficient way, but it may not be the timely way for the laboratory. So most of the time, the laboratories, if they are in a hurry, they're going to request an out-of-sequence assessment. But that doesn't mean we're going to be able to come to your laboratory next week. Both companies plan their trips, and there are, you know, we're doing remote assessments right now, but this still takes a lot of planning. So sometimes, even if you submit that request form, we may not be able to do your laboratory for a couple months. You know, if, if there's an available slot there that we can have an assessor work with you, do that assessment, we will definitely squeeze you in. But sometimes we are booked already with our tour schedules, and we may not be able to even conduct that assessment two months from now. Yeah, that's a good point about the tour sequence, because if you have a laboratory, let's say that we just came through an area or CCRL just went through an area on their tour, and you are just submitting your request form for the first time, and you don't indicate anything about needing it right away, that, that that typically gets just put in the next tour sequence, right? So it could be, you know, two and a half years until you get <laughs> set up for an assessment, right? That's correct. You have to reach out and let us know what you want. Otherwise, you will be put on the schedule and that could be another two years from now. And that's probably not what you want. So you're going to want to reach out to us. We're here for you. We can't reach out to you if we don't know you have questions. So we need you to reach out to us so we can help you along the way. Yeah, now due to COVID, I think there's an understanding that without having the travel, in-person travel going on, because both agencies or both organizations, CCRL and Ashton Resource, are performing remote assessments right now, I think there may be an expectation out there that because of that, we can get to your laboratory assessment much more quickly but what, what's your understanding right now about how long it's taking people uh, to actually get their remote assessment from when they submit the request form? Now, you don't have to know exactly because we're not going to know the exact numbers right now. Uh, but what are you hearing? I'm, I'm mostly still hearing between one to two months of a time frame. Um, because of COVID, we are actively, both CCRL and Resource, actively trying to catch up in our tour sequence. So we are pushing our inspectors and our assessors to do as many laboratory remote assessments as we can get done so we can try to get back up into our normal tour sequences. So assessors are booking their trips out a month or so in advance. When I say trips, I mean not that you're traveling to the laboratory, but they're planning their remote assessments, even if it's behind a computer. So they are planning them and scheduling and working with those laboratories to get the documents they need. And sometimes it's already scheduled with the laboratory, so we can't just squeeze someone in if all our staff's booked. So we've got uh, the time from when the assessment request comes in to when the assessment's conducted. The report gets issued. You already touched on that. The back and forth afterward with submitting corrective actions. Is there a time frame when uh, you know, we, we were discussing how quickly it can get done. Is there an end date? Is there a time at which the laboratory can no longer work within the constraints of that assessment report that's been issued before it's considered to be invalid and they have to start over? 
Yes, and that time frame is six months from the date of your assessment. So if six months has passed, even if you were in a rush process and you weren't able to resolve the issues, that assessment report will no longer be valid and you would have to get another assessment and we would use that new report to help you gain your accreditation. And why is that? Why is there an end date on that? Because a lot of things can change in six months. Uh, a lot of laboratories have uh, changes in personnel, staff turnover. PEs also move around from laboratories to laboratories. Some calibrations could be out of calibration and you didn't get your equipment calibrated. So there's a lot of th reasons why we would start again. Your quality manual may, may not have changed, but there's other things that could have changed in that process. So what can a laboratory do to make this as fast as possible? So to go to streamline that process, you mentioned um, two weeks was the fastest time that you've ever seen a laboratory get accredited. What can laboratories do if they're like, I need this accreditation next month? What can they do to prepare and to expedite everything along the way? They're going to want to do a lot of reading. <laughs> and that means studying our website for one thing. But they're going to want to make sure, one, their quality manual is up to par and meets R18 requirements, okay? Another thing you're going to want to make sure, you're going to go through and make sure your, your staff have the certifications that they need. You're going to want to make sure competency is uh, all been performed, that, that competency performance mechanism is done for technicians. You're going to want to make sure all your calibration records are current. You're going to want to make sure your staff have uh, maybe reread literature and make sure that they're properly performing the test methods in accordance to AASHTO and or ASTM standards. So there's a lot of prep work and behind the scenes work that you can do to make sure you're ready, to make sure that report has little findings as possible because that's going to expedite the whole process if there's hardly any findings in your report and you meet all those requirements. You know, I, I would add one more thing, and, and I'm going to go back to a story that this happened a long time ago in my life. I had a PE teacher who the one thing he said over and over again, I'm sure you guys have heard this, is keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> have you heard that? Yes, I'm getting some head mm -hmm. nods. So, the, the concept behind that, and, and the funny thing is when he said it, he said, you will refer back to this later in life because you'll find it to be true. And he was absolutely right. The best way to keep things going smoothly is to keep it simple. Now for accreditation, I would say figure out what the bare minimum is that you need, the, the minimum amount of tests that you need to include in your accreditation the first time and go for that. Because there are a lot of requirements. Every test method has different requirements in it, and it adds to your complications the first time you go through this. If you can, try to keep it minimal the first time through. Once you get used to the process of maintaining a quality management system and accreditation, then it's time to start adding to it. So I would say the first time through, don't try to duplicate the accreditation listing of your DOT or whatever the biggest company is in your area, go for what you need, add things later as necessary, and it'll relieve you of a lot of complications and frustration along the way the first time. That's excellent advice, Brian. Definitely just start out with a few scopes, a few test methods in each of those scopes. Maybe you only want to pick one quality system standard in addition to R18, 
because there's a requirement from a specifier and you're going to want to try to get that contract. So I agree, start small. I like to see that when laboratories, the next time around, they decide to add a new scope because they've got a handle on what they have right now and they're gradually building their accreditation listing. And I think that's a really good way to go, um, a slow process that way. Yeah, and if you have any more questions out there after listening to this, uh, you can reach out to Trudy Eckstein at uh, txtein at ashtoresource.org at any time. Or, of course, you've got me, uh, Brian Johnson, that's B. Johnson at ashtoresource.org. And uh, if you have any questions about the podcast or any ideas about the podcast, of course, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org. That thing has got cobwebs in it right now. I get nothing from our <laughs> listeners for the podcast email. But I know you're out there because I talk to people on the phone and they say, hey, I heard this episode on, you know, whatever the topic is and it was helpful. So uh, if you are out there and you want to just send us a little message, uh, we'd appreciate hearing from you. Uh, and I know, I think I can speak for Kim as well in that regard. Yes, and I want to say bonjour to our one listener in France. So thank oh. you for... Thank you for listening and downloading regularly. Much appreciated. Oui, oui. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.